Hebrews in chapter number 13. We're going to read several verses. The first one is in verse number 3, and then we're going to go to verse 7, and then 17, and then 24. Chapter 13, verse 3 reads, Remember, and that's what we want you to notice, Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. The next thing God says to remember is in verse 7. He says here, Remember them that have the rule over you. And I've spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or lifestyle. And then also talking about leadership, he says in verse 17, Obey them that have the role over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy, and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And then verse 24, to the leaders it says, Salute all them that have the role over you, and all the saints, they of Italy, salute you. Now, Father, as we enter into your word tonight, it's always a very special thing for us. We have the privilege of bringing our Bibles to open them up and to be able to hear your voice. Lord, we thank you so much for this night. Thank you for the update from uh, Mark and Angie. And I know Dave's uh, here tonight with the ministry down in uh, Tippecanoe. And, and Lord, as these men are, are doing what they can for these ministries, these churches, I pray you will continue to use them in a great way. And Lord, we thank you for this time. I pray, Spirit of God, you'll do the job of teaching. And then, Lord, as we have the opportunity to get into the, uh, the communion time, that it'll be a very special time as always. In Jesus' name, amen. The verse there in uh, chapter uh, 13, verse 3, talks about the remembering of those that are hurting. Uh, there are those who are bound and imprisoned, sometimes even hurt and tortured. And God says, don't forget them. And it's really hard for us to go beyond a sympathy. <clears throat> it's hard sometimes to empathize with people where we have that inner feeling for them, and it's, it's, it, it just really moves us. And that's what God is, is asking us to do. And I'm remembering that time in the book of Acts, and, and it's in, uh, I'm not going to look at the whole story, but in chapter 12 of Acts is that time when Peter was in jail. What were the Christians doing? They were praying. They were remembering. They didn't give up, even though it did seem pretty bad. I mean, James had already been beheaded. And they're there in a prayer meeting for that one that they didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And then they knock on the door. <laughs> and Rhoda goes to the door and says, like, who is it? Peter's like, it's me. And she's like, I can almost hear her, everybody. And he, instead of opening the door and letting them in, she goes running and tells everybody. And that it's like, Peter's here. It's like, no, he can't be. He's in jail. We're praying that he gets out. He can't be here. And so, of course, you know the story. Remembering. Uh, to put into mind, uh, it's something that we need to do. Yeah, I appreciated Pastor Nathan's prayer this morning for those in other countries that do have to go to church underground. They could be arrested. They can't carry their Bible openly. And that's hard for us in America to think of as some countries don't have religious freedoms. And uh, we are a very blessed nation. Remember them. The second point tonight, I do need to be pointed because of the communion to be timely, 
is, is verse number 7. And this is the hard subject for me to talk about, but because we exposit the word, we need to talk about it. It says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. In this text, um, you will be looking, he, he will be talking about those who would be uh, bishops, those who would be the overseers of a specific ministry. You'll see the qualifications in 1 Timothy chapter 3. You'll see the elders, the Ephesian elders mentioned the book of Acts, and the list goes on with different places. And, and, and it's, a, it's a very humbling thing for me to try to explain to you what is our relationship between a pastor and his people. And folks, there, is, there are all kinds of churches and how the interaction between the congregation and the pastor happens. And uh, we call it the government of the church, how it governs itself. Um, there's a lot of, lot of movements that are happening again and it's almost like a message I was talking about not long ago about it doesn't seem like churches are happy or content anymore. It's just like we've got to move. We've got to be doing something different. We can't do the same thing, even though it's biblical. You know, we've got to move on. And, and it's like, okay, so the new movement in Baptistic churches these days is to change from what we see as a congregational type of, of a government where you have the pastor and you have, we have, of course, the offices of deacon, and then you all get to be part of decision-making and voting and things like that, and they're moving it to an elder-ran church. So bottom line is, you all don't get to vote. We basically would tell you this is the changes, this is what's going to be happening, and uh, like it or not, you know, this is what's going on, and there's no, there's no communication. And as the one guy said, listen, if you don't like it, here's a boot. See you later. That's how, that's how um, bad the spirit is sometimes of, of leaders. And uh, they see verses like verse 17, obey them that have the role over you. So you just have to listen to what I'm telling you. And uh, um, so we get to have a little fireside chat again tonight. First Peter, you're taking notes, right? Yep. Okay. So, so First Peter five, uh, our our God talks about the chief shepherd. Anybody know who the chief shepherd is? That's good. You had three three chances, and the first two didn't count. Okay, it is Jesus, and he talks to the shepherds, those who are underneath, and he says to them that we are not to lord over the flock. And I sat with a preacher one time. And I, and I was a pretty young preacher at the time. I, I leaned over. I said, you know, we're, we're reading these verses, and, and he's talking to the preachers, talking about it. And, and I said, but what does it mean? I mean, what does it mean to lord over the flock? He said, just keep reading on. He says, but be examples. See the difference? And that's what God is trying to show the leadership is that we're not to, to beat the sheep. You've got to do it my way. This is the only way because I thought of it. You know, it's my way. And, and instead, God is saying, how about trying this? How about you just start walking and watch the sheep follow? And they're going to be seeing the example that you are giving. 
And the result of that is the, is the sheep are going to desire to follow your voice because your voice is that of the Savior's. Because you're just speaking the same things that Jesus said. You following me? It's not Carl's words. It is, it is what Christ has taught us. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too. And so um, there's a whole lot going on with churches. And maybe tonight, why God has us at this point is Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, yeah, we could definitely see that there um, with maybe why we're talking about this tonight. But I think this is really important for us as a church to understand how we work together as a whole congregation. Um, there are three words that define um, that individual that's leading. It would be the bishop. And that's the person that kind of has the, the oversight. You have the word elder, talking about hopefully the spiritual maturity. And then, of course, the most used term, and not used a lot in the Bible, is the word pastor. And that term has to do with feeding the flock. And what most look at me, or Nathan, is mostly the one who feeds and we see each other Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, etc. And so we're feeding, and we do do a lot of that. But my position is also um, to oversee. And that's why I try to get to all the meetings. I try to see what's going on and so forth. Got a trustee meeting tomorrow night. Got some things that i got to cover with the guys, some things that I'm seeing that really we need to have a, a serious talk about. And so what I'm doing is seeing, overseeing what's going on, and I give my two cents. But because I give my two cents, does that mean anything's going to happen? Not necessarily. Because guess how many votes I get? Zero. I'm ex officio. I don't even get to vote at the meetings. Okay? So blame the deacons. <laughs> blame the trustees. It's their fault. They're the ones voted on it. <laughs> but, I get to, they, but they listen. And, and that's what we do is we walk and we talk about what is going on and what's going to be best for, for you and what, what God's doing. And it's a wonderful thing. What I get to do here as far as the teaching is the icing on the cake. You know, this, this is the stuff that is, is great, that we get to, to interact and, and to be able to share and just dig into the Word. And, and so uh, the government, uh, as, as we see it, is... Uh, there, there are times that there's been disagreements. And what I try to do is try to bring the sense of the Scripture, sense of the Word, the right spirit by which to do things, what might be the most obvious thing to do. And if, if there is a disagreement, and I've only, if I remember one time here at this church that I've had to say to the guys, I know you may not fully understand or even agree with what I'm saying, but I want you to trust me on this one. And I want you to do something. And they did it. Because I never do that. And, but when I say, I need you to do something, they'll do it. You know why? Because I don't do it every week. And I don't do it every month. But there are times that I have to say, folks, we have to do this. This is where my heart is as your shepherd. This is where we're heading to. And, and I, I, that's where he talks about the yieldedness that a congregation would have to the pastor. Um, folks, uh, I've been around doing this for 23 years, I guess it is now. And I've talked to a lot of preachers. 
and a lot of frustrations between the flock and, and the pastor. And, you know, a lot of times it's because there's a chosen few that have been always running things a certain way. They sure don't want a preacher to come in and mess it up. You follow me? That's, that's not biblical, is it? In other words, there needs to be a yielded spirit to what the pastor is trying to take, where they're taking the church, and why. We had, I don't know, what was it, about a two-hour session? When, we, when I first got here, we had a long time of Q&A, and it's like, what are we doing? Where are we going? And, and we had a chance to say, this is the direction, so that you could see the vision of, of ministry, of what we wanted to try to, to implement here. Things that I learned from my preacher, things from other preachers. And I've, I really appreciated that yielded spirit to those things. And Mark has experienced the same thing where he's at. It's like when we introduced uh, discipleship, they did the same thing. Sure, this is a great thing. It, it wasn't a threat. And you know, you know why we tried to bring those things in? It's because it's biblical. We're trying to recreate what we're seeing in the scriptures, in the book of Acts, in the book of Romans, uh, the doctrinal part of things. You know, the list goes on, and, and ultimately fulfilling the Great Commission. That's what we have to make sure that that is our number one goal and what we're trying to achieve. And so, um, there, folks, I hate to say this, but there are times that, that, that some congregations, they literally have their thumb on the preacher almost suppressing and pushing them down and not giving a freedom. And one of the things I commend you with is I don't ever sense that. There has been a freedom for me. Nobody's you know, telling me what to preach, how to preach, how long to preach. As a matter of fact, if anything, I have more people coming up and saying, why are you stopping? You know, and, and you never tell a preacher that. <laughs> we could be here all night. <laughs> You know, this is like amening a preacher right near the end of the message. You just added 10 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it is that. It's, you know, that encouragement, in, and we are sensing that. And it's a real blessing. So what he tells us there in verse number 7 is that the pastor, uh, the one who is ministering and feeding the, sh- the flock, you ought to be able to look at that individual and see their faith and follow it. Okay? So it's as though the pastor becomes the example and, and those who are watching are basically beginning to mimic his faith. And I sorry, but I need to emphasize his this day and age. And so you say, well, that sounds pretty arrogant. Well, remember there in 1 Corinthians 11, he talks about uh, be followers of me as I am also of Christ. So Paul was saying, listen, as you're watching me, Paul, then you have to realize that I'm, I'm following Christ. And so if you're following me, you're mimicking Jesus. And we all ought to be able to do that. As parents, grandparents, etc., you know, we ought to be able to say, follow me, because I'm following Jesus. And that's, the, in other words, the faith, the doctrines, the beliefs, the standards, the biblical standards, I want to emphasize that, are the things that we try to portray in front of people. And folks, I'll be honest, there's things that, that I might even feel I have a liberty to do or whatever, but I don't because I never want to cause a Christian to fall because of a freedom or a liberty that I feel that I have in Christ. Because I realize that there is an awesome responsibility laid on my shoulders, my wife's shoulders, that you are seeing this and wondering, what is a Christian supposed to look like? What do we act like? And many of you are mature, and I understand that. 
but there should be a faith that you see in me. You should know what I believe, why I believe what I believe, and to be able to say, that lines up with the Scriptures, follow that. Whose faith follow. And there again, it's not based on the way I comb my hair. Don't laugh. <laughs> it's not based on how I tie my ties and whether I wear button-down shirts or not or whatever. You know, folks, I've been around this, <laughs> the mimicking of, of preachers. Y'all been there maybe too. It's just like, well, he does it this way. That's the only way I'm going to do it, you know. And it's it's like, no. You know, I remember one guy, he had a cough in his preaching. So all his, some of his followers, they would cough just the way he coughed in his ministry. You know what I mean? It's just like, be yourself. We're not saying to be, you know, mini Carls. And for the ladies, mini lorries. That's not what it's about. It's about a faith, a belief, the example. So... If, if I were a crook and I were stealing money and I were in jail, would you follow that kind of a faith? I hope you'd fire me quicker than, you know. If, if I were doing wrong things, you, you don't follow wrong. It's the following of that which is, is correct, right, biblical. Um, whose faith follow. Do you think your preacher is a gossip? Oh, you can talk. <laughs> it's okay. Do you think I'm a gossip? Whose faith follow. Are you a gossip? Ooh, I know you're not allowed to. You're the preacher. But I'm allowed to. Because I'm just a Christian. No, no, no. You're to follow the things that you see in leadership. Are you a liar? Do you see me lying? What's that? You stand pretty tall. I stand pretty tall. That's right. I'm not lying down, am I? It's a good one, Will. I remember that one. We could go on and on. The fruit of the Spirit... Is it evidence, is the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the good, the faith, and the meekness and the temperance, excuse me, are, are those things evident in me? And then what I would say is, in it, and is it evident in you? Whose faith follow, mimic the things that you would want to see in your preacher should be in you. Because you're witnessing it, I hope. I try to be wise with my finances. I try to be a giver. And matter of fact, my wife was at a conference and one of the things that they were teaching on leadership was this, that the leadership should never ask the people to do something that they would not be willing to do themselves. Make sense, huh? And you know and I know your preacher isn't perfect. <whistles> ask my wife. <laughs> Trust me, ask my kids. I'm a perfect bloopers and things yeah uh, but there's patterns and then he says in verse 17 he says the next thing I want you to do I want you first thing I want you to do is remember them the next thing I want you to do is submit to them 
And this is when preachers get this really big head, just like the husbands, when they read Ephesians 5 over and over again to their wives. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, unto the Lord. You're supposed to submit to me, woman. And you don't even understand the word. If, if, you have to, if, if, you, if you have to tell your wife that you're the head of the home, you're not the head of the home. You know why? Because we're not heads by our voice. We're leading by our example. It was really crickets right there. I was thought being like a lot of amens right there, right? That's how we lead is, is through our example. And it's the same thing here. And so there is a yielded spirit then to the leadership. And, but the thing is, what you have to remember is it's not the pastor's standards that you're yielding to. What you're yielding to as the pastor is sharing the Word of God, you're yielding to what the pastor is saying from the Word. You, you see the difference? It's not because I say it, do it this way, that way. Matter of fact, our form of government at this church, do you realize how many things didn't go my way? All kinds of stuff. I didn't choose the color of carpet or the pews in this room. I didn't. Matter of fact, I wanted a completely different scheme of colors. I wanted more earth tone, lighter colors, and so forth. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever, preacher. This is what we're going with. No, seriously, they don't like me. Those guys, really, I don't think they like me at all. Yeah, I almost quit that week because, man, it's, uh, they don't listen to me. And I just have my feelings hurt. And, man, those rotten people, man, they don't listen to me. I'm the preacher. And they're supposed to know that I know what I'm talking about even when it comes to pew colors. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. I said, here's what I want. Give me my 45 minutes in the pulpit, and that's all I care. I just want to preach. I don't care what color it is. It doesn't matter, because in the scope of all of eternity, does it matter? The answer is no. There's lots of things I don't get my way. It doesn't matter, because what I have to do is I yield you folks to be able to interact and govern amongst yourselves. There are times that Pastor Nate and I, people will come to me and talk about somebody else, or they'll come to him and talk about somebody else, and you, you do know what we t- tell them. Go talk to them. Why are you telling me that you have a problem with this person? Go to that person. Can you not govern yourselves and work? If Nate and I have issues with each other, guess who we go to? We don't go to the deacons. We don't go to somebody else. We don't go to our wives. We, we talk to each other. Because that's the only way it can get fixed. Would you not expect that of me? Guess what? I expect that of you. Submit to it. Do the right thing. Interact. Function as mature Christians. We can actually get along here on earth because we've got to put up with each other for eternity. That's like a really long time to live on that side of the corner of heaven knowing that sister so-and-so is over there. You know it's not going to be that cat in heaven. We're going to all love Jesus. All be serving him together. And there's going to be no divisions or schisms or partyisms. And it's going to be perfect because this old sinful body is going to be done away with and the natures and all those things. And, and so the things that you see... You follow, 
And when you see it in the word, you submit to it. Because what God says is this. Because we don't do it because it makes our job easier. We do it because we care for your souls. Okay? In other words, we care for you, not necessarily what's easier or what's best for me. What we're trying to do is give the word to you so you can do what's good by you, for you, in the word. And then this is the, the hard part. <clears throat> and it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around. This is in verse 17. That they may give an account... It's almost as though the pastor has to go to Jesus and talk to Jesus about the flock. And he says, hopefully he doesn't do it with, you know, like it's, he's grieved inside. But it's like, we want to go to Jesus with a happy heart. Man, these were the awesome people, man. They just loved you, and, and it, they worked together, and everything was going really, really solid, and, and it was just a beautiful thing. And he says, because that's good for you, because if the preacher gives the, the other report, uh, that's not good for you. Isn't that interesting? I didn't write this stuff. You've got to remember that. The Lord did. And it's as though somehow, some way, it's a judgment seat of Christ that there's going to be an accountability of this relationship. Isn't that interesting? And folks, <clears throat> and I say this, and uh, it's just been a blessing to, to be your pastor for these years. And it's just really neat to see what God has done in your lives. And are we a perfect church? Nope, we're not perfect. Um, none of us are. But we try to watch Christ as our example and begin to follow. And what I hope that I can do is say, folks, as Paul said, now listen, just watch, mimic, follow me, because I want to be following Jesus. And, you know, I, I honestly, and this is just, you know, a fireside chat tonight. Um, I don't sense any time a, re, a real resistance to the word as I'm preaching a resistance to the government uh, and so forth that I teach, I don't, I don't sense that. Once in a while in counseling, people will say, you know what, I know what you say the Bible says, but I have a better way of doing it. And I can't help a person like that. They're called fools in the Bible. Okay? I can't help stupid. Right? You can't change stupid. You know? And they just decide, well, I'm going to go off this cliff and I'm going to like it. Okay, there you go. There's a cliff, there's a car. Have fun because your life is about to be destroyed because of what you're doing. I can't change people. But I sense as we're talking about working as a functioning church that, that we're going in that direction. And this will be the night, if I were going to sit down and reprimand us as a church, this will be the night. But we're going in a positive direction, I feel. I believe that we're seeing souls saved. We're seeing souls baptized. We're seeing people being discipled and growing in the Word, memorizing verses, quitting bad habits, incorporating good habits, faithfulness. Homes in, in many ways have been healed. Some have been destroyed. Some have looked at me and said, I'm out of here. I do not love my wife. I'm out of here. Um, and, and that's sad. But as a whole of this church, I love my deacons. You chose good men. My, these trustees at this church, they're good men. And, and I love them. And I pray for them. And uh, 
You know, when we were leaving church this morning, I said, wasn't church great today? (laughs) Isn't it neat leaving church and you're, you're refreshed? And that's what it's supposed to be. It's a time that we need charged, encouraged in the Word and in the Lord. And, uh, and uh, we're blessed here. And I'm going to say this. It doesn't matter. Folks, I can't emphasize this part enough. It's, you know, and I know, this is not about numbers. If it's about numbers, then that pride is going to give us a fall. And whether... Next year from now, we have 100 less or 100 more. We stay the same. You know what the messages are going to be? Exact same. It has nothing to do with how many show up. Same with Wednesdays. Same with this night. It's, it's not about that. It's about let's, those who are here, let's, let's look at God. Let's look at His Word. And let's see what is it that God wants us to learn, to apply, to learn about Him. Whatever it is that we're doing within the text, whether we're talking about the preacher and his responsibilities and and, and our interaction to each other, remember me, remember me in your prayers. Yield to the Word of God as it's being taught. Whether it's by me, whether it's by Nathan, whether you're a Sunday school teacher, yield to those who are teaching you the Word because they care for the soul. They care for the inner man. And what's best for you. Now, I'm going to tell you, some of these messages that I have preached, even this last year, they are not easy messages for me to preach. We're dealing with subjects. We're dealing with things that can divide and hurt people's feelings. Well, I don't see it this way. And, but we still have to tackle those tough tasks in the, in the Word of God. And um, you pray for me. Well, you continue to pray for us. That God's going to renew us and keep us strong and in the Word and faithful. Um, you know, we go through discouragements. Okay? A couple months ago, man, I was just about flying low. It was just a hard couple of months. You say, what was wrong? I don't know. But you go through the valleys, and you go through the mountaintops, and we go through the highs and the lows. You know, when when we have individuals, I got Quit. You know, we have a lot of things that are negative and, and people doing bad things. And you stop and you're just like, Lord, what did I do wrong? Am I doing something? You got to do that inner search. And uh, it's not easy. Preachers are dropping. Evangelists are dropping. Missionaries are dropping. And there is a heavy weight I guess sometimes the expectations that are upon the shoulders that sometimes are very, very difficult to hold. I called about three weeks ago from the evangelist that was here last, and we had him scheduled for 2012. And he called me in tears and said, my wife has left, and we're divorcing. Folks, it's like, I mean, we talked again this week, prayed with them and trying to encourage them, talked to them about an hour, almost an hour on the phone. All he's known since college is preaching. So he's now sitting behind a desk, trying to fudge through a job, trying to keep his kids together, and it just breaks our hearts. And uh, weird things are happening. 
weird, weird things. And uh, please, I beg of you to pray for your preachers. Remember us in your prayers. Because we don't want somebody standing up here and saying, I'm sorry to tell you. That we will say pure. The integrity would be there. Because uh, we want God to use us. But we are sinners. we got a sinful nature too. And there's times we can get upset. We can get angry with things. Am I allowed to confess that? And sometimes we, we feel spinning of the wheels. Is anything happening? But then you come to church. My wife the other day said, Hey, how about so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? What God's doing in their lives. And we just started to smile because of what God's doing. Father, we love you. That's a precious thing to be able to just have these kind of talks where we really get to know each other a little better. And as much, Lord, as I need to be praying for my people and they praying for me and my wife and Nathan and Di and Mark and just, just the different ministries that are going on, the deacons, the trustees, all that's happening. Lord, we need you. And Lord, we want to have, our heart wants to have this church to be God-centered, Bible-centered, Christ-centered ministry that ultimately has the goal of fulfilling what, Lord Jesus, you told us to do. And that's to go and to make disciples. But Lord, we also need these wake-up calls. We realize that we need to interact with each other right. That we need to be able to see in the pastor and to be able to mimic it and to do the right thing. I pray, Lord, that you will bless. And Lord, as we even prepare our hearts now for the communion, may it be a very sweet time. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious blood, your precious body that was broken for us. In Jesus' name, amen.